report. I got my my personal website. I revamped my personal website and server, so now I can host the podcast there. And inshallah, it'll be it'll be it'll be sufficient. And I will. I'm I'm going to work on a set of instructions that can be that can be spread every time there's a new episode. So people will. So if if anyone wants to come to the so if anyone wants to wants to start listening, they they and and they're and they're picking it up in the middle, they they can they can have those instructions and it's not difficult. It's just they have to download an app or or use an app that's installed on their phone. It's not a like it's not a YouTube channel, but if you wanted to put it on your YouTube channel, you could. I just have to give Anjuman the files. But um, okay, what what I'm I would like to know is if how can we advertise it? That's the only thing I want to know. How can we advertise it and make it accessible to other people? If we can do that, if you can do that as well, then that's 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 really great because I like to have it in different places, you know. Inshallah, we can we can spread around the we can spread around the link, and it's also going to be searchable. So in, so so basically, if you want to have if you want to listen to a podcast, you have to have a podcast a podcast app, and all of those podcast apps they have a search function, and you you'll be able to find the the podcast by searching for any of the keywords inshallah what's going to be the what 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 are we saying the name of the podcast is well i don't know that's 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 up to you and i'm right gonna, that's what i was wondering that's what i was wondering if you had already had something because we can we definitely can can call it outlining fit you know what i'm saying okay all right so that's what we're doing we're, you know, we're outlining FIP or, you know, if we're going to have all the, 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 the FIP that we've started from beginning to end on there. Well, I'd rather start off with just calling it outlining FIP. That way we can, we can go through the whole thing like that and people can search for it in that term, outlining FIP. Okay. When you say beginning to end, do you mean the, the beginning of this class? I don't have those audios. I know you may not, but you know now that you have the website, the the, the podcast, we can do them again for um, yeah. the website. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Let's get started. We're, we're starting with trade transactions. We're on page. Uh, what is it? Twenty-eight. You ready? Yes. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. This is reading the concise presentation of the fiqh by Sheikh Saleh Fozan. And we've finished the introduction in the last session, and now we are beginning chapter one, which is trade transactions. Allah in his noble book, the Quran, and the Prophet, وسلم, through his honorable sunnah, prophetic tradition, pointed out the rulings on transactions because of people's need for them. People in general need food, clothes, houses, vehicles, and other necessities of life, in addition to different luxuries which are obtained through trade. Trade is permissible according to the Quran, the Sunnah, and the consensus of Muslim scholars and analogical deduction. Allah Ta'ala says what translated means, but Allah has permitted trade. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah number 275. And there is no blame upon you for seeking bounty from your Lord during Hajj. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah. Ayah number 198. 
The Prophet said, The seller and the buyer have the right to keep or return goods as long as they have not parted. If both parties speak the truth and point out the defects and qualities of the goods, then they will be blessed in their transaction. But if they tell lies or hide something, then the blessings of their transaction will be destroyed. Muslim scholars uniformly agree on the permissibility of trade in general. Concerning analogical deduction, trade transactions are permissible because people's needs are interdependent and people grant nothing for nothing. A person does not give what he has, money or goods, in return for nothing. So wisdom necessitates the permissibility of trade in order to enable people to get their needs. Trade transactions can be validated by means of a verbal formula or an actual one. The verbal formula expresses the seller's verbal agreement on the sale. When he, for example, says to the buyer, well, I sell it to you. And the buyer's verbal acceptance when he, for example, says, and I buy it. The actual formula is the act of exchange itself when the seller is given the usual price and the buyer takes the commodity without any verbal declaration. Sometimes a trade transaction is validated by means of both verbal and actual formulas. Sheikh al-Islam Taqiyuddin, may Allah have mercy on him, said, There are some ways of exchange. First, when the seller gives only a verbal acceptance and the buyer takes the commodity without declaring his acceptance. For example, a seller may say to the buyer, take this piece of cloth for a dinar, and the buyer takes it without saying a word. The same ruling applies when the price is a given material. For example, the seller may say to the buyer, take this piece of cloth for yours, and then the buyer takes it. Second, when the buyer declares his acceptance and the seller only gives him the commodity, whether the price is a given material or the sale is on credit and the buyer is honestly guaranteed to pay. Third, when neither the seller nor the buyer speaks about the price, for there is a custom to that effect. <clears throat> so when we talk about a custom here, we're talking about what is, we call this term, earth. Earth is the term we mean when we say is custom, what everybody knows the normal price is. Now, Again, this must be known. It can't be assumed. That's what we're talking about when we say earth. Continue. Now, Shay. Continue. 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 Yes, continue, okay. please. There are certain conditions to be fulfilled. Some related to... Some related to the two parties, while others to the commodity, to make a trade transaction valid. Hold on one second, Shay. Okay. Now, there are certain conditions to be fulfilled, some related to the two parties, while others to the commodity, to make a trade transaction valid lacking any of which invalidates the transaction. Conditions related to the seller and the buyer. First is mutual consent. A trade transaction 
A trade transaction becomes invalid if either the seller or the buyer is unjustly forced to conclude it. Allah Ta'ala, Allah exalts. Okay, before you go there, before you, before you go there, you have to clarify for the listeners. We're on the next chapter, not the next chapter, but the subject under the chapter, conditions related to the seller and the buyer. Okay, <clears throat> let's go back a little bit. We're in the section, we're calling this the second section. Fiqh is divided in four major parts. Ibadah is drawn from the fiqh of the hearts, business transactions with all of its deeds and family provisions, including the meals, legal procedures, except uh, uh, legal procedures, except offenses of law, of law. Uh, then offenses, uh, then under these titles make everything fall. So now the second of those is business. And so when we, we, we have to, if we memorize the poem, or we, we bring the poem to mind, then it makes sense what we're saying now. Now. Now, so we are in the second major part of FIC, which is business transactions. And this, I believe we're in the sub, the sub chapter of Bayer. Is that right? Sheikh, are you there? I lost your audio, Sheikh. I'm not hearing you. I, I think you're back, Shay. I didn't hear you for a while, but I think your your voice is back now. Actions, right? Capital risk. Skim the thick of the slave as he trades to exist. The financial term for Boston in the general sense. The fifth that we're studying now has four parts. Okay? Now, four parts, the four parts are, alaikum salam, the four parts are business trans, I'm sorry, ibadah, business transactions, family law, and then, uh, you know, the hudud. Okay? Legal, legal procedures, offenses of law. And then all, everything in the world falls under these four categories. In the section that we're dealing with right now, it's called business transactions. And in amongst the business transactions, I'm saying conditions related to the seller and the buyer. Well, where does that come in? That comes in under the title of al-bay. Al-bay'o means to buy and sell, and business transactions have rules as well. Ten specifics are defined. Conditions we must bear in mind. So now we're talking about those conditions, okay? Shurut al-bay'a, all these different shurut. Options, interests, roots, and fruit because bad transactions don't compute. Advanced payments we pawn and make collateral debt, collateral debt we, with loans we take. Our words, our bonds we're bound to keep and debt transfer if ends don't meet. Patents, copy, residual rights all help merchants sleep at night. This is the poem. You have to excuse me because I have a, a head cold and my nose is 
stuffed up and it's affecting my ability to speak well. But this is the poem that we're at right now. So now with that in mind, start talking to us about these conditions, conditions related to the seller and buyer. Continue, please. No, I'm sure. I just lost my spot in PDF. One second. Okay. Conditions related to the seller and the buyer. First is mutual consent. A trade transaction becomes invalid if either the seller or the buyer is unjustly forced to conclude it. A okay, so now what we see first, we see here is condition. Put it in mind. Every time if we stop and we just give it a thought, that way it helps stay in mind. You cannot be forced to buy somebody's stuff. And this is very important to mention right now because colonialism is based on this breaking this rule. Independence or so-called independence, most of these countries are forced to buy from their oppressor. Uh, okay, so understand the the vastness of this particular rule. Continue. Bismillah. No, I'm sure. Shall I continue? <clears throat> okay, you, you're not hearing me. I said continue. I, I thought oh, yes. I said it. Yes, I missed, I missed that. All right. Sorry. Allah, Allah exalted be he says what translated means, but only in lawful business by mutual consent. Quran, Surah An-Nisa, Ayah 29. Moreover, the Prophet ﷺ said, selling should be only by mutual consent. However, a transaction concluded through just compulsion is deemed valid, as in the case when the ruler, or the one in authority, forces a bankrupt person to sell his remaining property in order to pay off his debts. Okay, pause here. So now we want to make a clear distinction between colonialism and people under the authority of the Sultan or the Amir al-Mu'mineen, okay? And he's not taking this person's property for an unjust reason. This person owes money, the bankrupt person. He owes his debtors. And he has a means of paying them, but he doesn't want to pay them. Or he so far has refused to pay them. This person is forced to sell what he has of his property in order to pay off the debts of the people that he owes. This is not the same thing as what we're talking about as, a, you know, mutual consent. Because he had mutual consent when he made the debt. Now he has to, the, the, the sultan or the hakim is just forcing him to fulfill his obligations. Continue. Naam Sheikh. Second condition. Being free. Sheikh, before we continue, I just have a question about this, this mutual consent. What is the what is the remedy in the Sharia when for the practice when they they cause some harm in society and then they sell you the they sell you the um the fix for it? That's called vul. Okay, that and this is done by again. You find all these things, examples of these, when you deal with the Crusaders and you deal with the uh, uh, what they call the Zionists. What they did in Turkey, they poisoned the water, and then they came and said, "We have a cure." 
Okay, and when they, they poisoned Istanbul during the time of Sultan Abdul Hamid Afan. Okay, so this is straight vulg. This is terrorism in a real sense. Okay, that's like me stabbing someone in the back and then charging them money for me to remove the knife. Okay, say, hey man, I can get this knife removed from you. Isn't that what gangsters do? They bust your window at nighttime and then tell you in the morning time, listen, if you give me five bucks a week, we, I'll make sure no one busts your window at night. So this is strong arming. This is uh, gangsters. I forgot the other term that you could use for it. But it's definitely coercion. Is that trade also considered invalid? All of those trades are invalid, yes. When we say they're invalid, we mean that they don't have any baraka in them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, except for us, that the baraka of us recognizing what, how good Islam is. Okay? And, and increasing in us in a desire to want to practice Islam. Okay, but they're, they're haram transactions. The same way as marrying a girl against her will. This is a business transaction, but if she is not consenting, the marriage is invalid. Even if the man has sex with the girl afterwards, the marriage is still haram. And they're answerable up to that. If not in this dunya, they're answering up to it in the hereafter. Does that make sense? Yes, Shaykh. Do we hold do we hold that those contracts are are in force? If this happens Okay. Okay, so you're asking general questions that can only be answered in general. Let's do it this way. Let's finish learning the whole chapter and then some of these things we could deal with as as case examples. See, this is the importance of learning fiqh in the way we're doing now. And then reading history and seeing how these rules were applied in history. And that's what will help us tremendously to understand the fullness of the law. Okay? Because I'm afraid to give you a, a general answer and use it in a specific case that doesn't fit. Okay? Alhamdulillah. Yes, understood. All right, moving on. The second condition related to the seller and the buyer. Being free, having reached puberty, being legally accountable, and being sane. A trade transaction becomes invalid if either of the seller or the buyer is a minor, a foolish or weak-minded person, an insane person, or slave who has not taken his master's permission to conclude the transaction. Okay, this is a very important uh, rule as well. When we're talking about colonialism, and how it's been done across the world. When look at the conditions, a person has to be not cannot be a foolish or weak-minded person, right? He has to be legally accountable and sane. You know, there's a condition that they're not mentioning here that you should put in here. The person, when it says weak-minded, what is included in that understands the the, the transaction, understands the ramifications of the transaction. You get my point? If the person is yes. over, is not had experience in business, and he has all these conditions, he's pubic, he's free, he's legal accountable, he's sane, but he doesn't understand these type of business transactions, okay, then he's being taken advantage of, and he's considered a foolish or weak-minded person. 
Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense, Shay. Because the, 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 because the overall rule in business is covered in the maqasid of the sharia, the objectives of the sharia. Madin, my mind, Islam has come to preserve and protect, prioritize, and in always respect my deen, my mind, my wealth, my honor, my lineage, myself. Okay, so this is the basis of all rules in the Sharia. You can always go back to this rule. So, my deen, we have to establish Tawheed, and we're against Shirk. My mind, we're about giving our minds pure thing and not you know, teaching it to oppress itself. You know, these things, this is why pornography and, and all types of foul things that would corrupt the mind are illegal, but reciting the Quran and learning history and te- keeping reality are allowed. Things that like magic that, that mess up the mind. These things and real science as opposed to, you know, visual tricks are haram. My deen, my, my, my wealth. And this is why in order to preserve and protect and honor our wealth, all forms of deception in business are haram. Yet making a profit is encouraged. And so that's what we get into here when we find that these people, you know, as a country level, what they do to a, they appoint, appoint a leader. He's not a leader if you appointed him. Okay. He has no real understanding of the laws or the, the business transactions, but you sign contracts with him. This is like, you know, making a contract with someone who is not yet pubic, not yet a weak minded person that doesn't understand what he's doing. Or the same way they do it with the people in the United States when they make contracts with them and they have all this fine print. Why do we need all this fine print? Because the fine print is there to trick you, to deceive you. The big, I'm sorry, the big print is there to, to deceive you. The fine print is to sign your life away and sign your rights away. Okay? So there's deception involved in that. And all those contracts that the intention of one side or the other was deception or takes away someone's rights without them clearly knowing that they were giving up those rights or something, these are all invalid contracts because they were done through deception. So when you buy the phone, they're not telling you that it's a smartphone and that you give up your rights. We can listen to your thing and this, that, and the other thing. All these things are deception and they're invalid. They're invalid. And the one who's at belay for it is the one who started the deception. Continue. Yes, Sheikh. The third condition related to the seller and the buyer being the owner of the commodity or the money or a representative of the owner. The Prophet ﷺ said to Hakim ibn Hizam, do not sell what you do not have or possess. Related by Ibn Majah and At-Tirmidhi who deems it a sahih, authentic hadith. Okay, this now, is another another very important rule because, you know, when we understand business transactions, we realize how much the societies we live in are doing illegal things. Okay, selling what you do not own is to forces the person to have a bought or purchased or made a deal with the one who produces the product. So it doesn't mean you just let's say I have a store 
and I run out of item number A and you come for it. But I know I get it every Wednesday, every Wednesday for the last however long I've been in business. That product comes in on Wednesday. Can I sell it to you? You know, can I say, hey, well, you can just come in on Tuesday. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, on Wednesday, and you can get one. Yes, because that is a normal earth product that I get, customarily get. I actually own that. I already have a deal with them to get these and everything. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the, the guy that has no money. He makes a website. He has no product. And he puts a bunch of pictures of products that he does not own has no uh, experience with going back and forth with the, the people who sell them to know how long it gets and, and it has anything, yet he's selling these things. No, this is not, this is not allowed, okay? Because unless he's an authorized seller of that product or he has made a contract with those sellers to say, can I sell your product, okay? And then they say, yes, you, you know, okay, we're going to send you some of our product and you can sell it. Now he can start selling that thing. Al-Wazir? Yes, Sheikh. Al-Wazir said, scholars agree that it is impermissible for a Muslim to sell whatever is not present with him or whatever he does not possess and then goes out to buy that thing for his customer. For this is a void trade transaction. Like I said, the important line here is, and then he goes out to buy that thing for his customer. If it is his already agreed uh, business uh, contract with that product, then that's different. Because some people can order as much as he's selling. But he's already had made the contract with the producer to give him that product whenever he requires it. So now the other person is just like a holding service for him. You know, he's storaging it and sending it out to whoever he says to send it to. But he has an agreement with that person already. Not that he has to go out and get an agreement because he made it. He already sold 15 of them. Now he's going to find, you know, 15 of them. No, that's not allowed. Continue. Yes, Jay. Conditions. Okay, that finishes the conditions related to the buyer and the seller. And now we are starting the conditions related to the commodity. The first condition being absolutely lawful to use. It is impermissible to sell whatever is prohibited for a Muslim to make use of, such as intoxicants, the flesh of swine, musical instruments, and dead animals. The Prophet ﷺ said, Allah and his messenger prohibited the trade of intoxicants, dead animals, pigs, and idols. Related by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Okay, let's change a couple of language here, okay? Because it's very important as we're talking about legal things. I'm sorry. It's important that you should say, the Prophet said what could be, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay? The Prophet said, or it is reported that the Prophet said what could be. Okay? That's one. Number two, I don't know why they say it's related. It was compiled. Right? It's documented and compiled by al-Bukhari and Muslim. So the compilations are by these people. Uh, so that's the, the, the preferred legal language that I would like to hear. Okay? Understood. Okay, so also this became an issue, and I'll let you continue. This became an issue 
even in the United States, when the drug dealers were buying what they call cut from people who were selling baby food because they used baby food to mix with the drugs that they uh, sell, like heroin. They mix it with baby powder to make it easier for people to digest. Now, baby, baby powder is very good. It's, it's a legal product. But because the drug, the, the, the baby food sellers knew that the drug dealers were buying or that the people they were purchasing, that, that were purchasing their baby food, were using this product to cut their drugs, they were indicted as well. They were indicted along with the drug dealers as drug dealers. Does that make sense? Okay, let me see if I understand. So the 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 groceries that were selling that were selling baby baby formula, is it? Baby formula? It's not the groceries. It's the wholesaler. There was a is a case. Uh, it's one of the cases I covered when I was younger, where the wholesaler of baby food, okay, they're producing baby food, they're manufacturing baby food and wholesaling it to grocery stores and to whoever wants to wholesale their product. One of their customers were a set of drug dealers who they knew were drug dealers. And they knew they were using the baby powder for cutting their drugs so they can sell heroin. So when I'm mentioning, make, making mention here, conditions related to the commodity, it's not only prohibited items. It's items that are used in a prohibited fashion that has to be entered into this as well. Okay, so that makes the hadith even stronger. Because it's not limited to these things, the, the trade of intoxicants, dead animals, pigs and isles, but those things that make intoxicants are being used in the trade of intoxicants. And this is in the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said that the one who, who makes the bottles that you put khamar in, not you, but a person would put intoxicants in. And, and this is important to understand because we see lots of, uh, of immigrant Store owners in the United States who come from Muslim countries selling the paraphernalia for drug use in their stores or selling cigarettes or selling alcohol. Okay, and if they're not even selling the alcohol, they're selling the paraphernalia for these things. And then they're coming to the masjid and donating that money. And they're also saying, well, what's wrong with the rest of you? Or, you know, convert Muslims, what's wrong with you? Well, the converts know that what you're doing is haram. And so they've given that up. But we see we see a lot of this type of trade by the immigrants coming to the United States and Canada and Britain who come from Muslim backgrounds. So it's important to understand that it's not just the prohibited item. It's the items that are used in the production of prohibited items. Does that make sense? Yes, Jake, it makes sense. Just to clarify, this case that you covered, was this in a Muslim country or was this in America? This was in America. That's what I'm saying. Even That's why I started off by saying even in the United States, they understand this. Okay. Even in the United States, they indicted the, 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 the two guys. It happened to be that the guy was an Arab 
and Muslim. And, you know, we were working with CIS, was it uh, Council of American Islamic Care, Council of American Islamic Relations. So we're seeing the cases that Muslims are falling into as far as being indicted. And we're, we're looking and sifting through them to see if there's indiscretions or if there's being some oppression here. But in this particular case, I, I was one of the cases I had to check out. There was no criminal activity by the Catholic government. They were right to indict these Muslims. You understand? Because these Muslims were doing something that was even haram according to the kuffar. And normally when even the kuffar makes something haram, then that shows you the extent of its morality is so, so, so wrong. You know, even though we know the, the kuffar only usually make things haram because they can't make money from it. But, you know, that's not the point in this case. Continue. Unless you have some more statements and comments. Nah, so just to clarify, so in this case, this was this was a a ruling from the Sharia, which was actually also carried out in the American system, but not necessarily because it was from the Sharia, but just because the American system was was agreeing with it in that in that case. You will find as you study law, international law, that majority of the the foundational laws in law come from the Sharia. The bar system itself came from the Sharia and the Ijazah system. Okay? It's direct, it's a direct taken from the Ijazah system where the graduate students make, set the bar. You know, you have to set the standard. That's what Ijazah is, right? Okay? So, uh, yes, you'll find a lot of things No, I'm sure. All right, so I'll I'll continue. The Prophet ﷺ, he said what could mean Allah and his messenger prohibited the trade of intoxicants, dead animals, pigs, and idols. This is compiled by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, also said the, thing Allah, the, the, the moral laws. What was that? You went you went mute for a second. I didn't I didn't hear why you went mute. Can Could you, you continue? I I can. Can you start again with um the rest of the proofs? He sallallahu alayhi wa also said what could mean Allah prohibited. No, I'm sure. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also said what could mean Allah prohibited intoxicants and their gained prices, dead animals and their prices. And pigs and their prices, compiled by Abu Dawood. It is also illegal to sell the impure fats or the ones affected by impurity. For the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, said what could mean: when Allah prohibits something, He prohibits the price paid for it. Okay, so this is because we find that the Jews, may Allah, you know, guide us. They made things prohibited, things that were prohibited for them, they sold to others. And this is the basis of riba with the, the, the Jewish uh, money barons. They said, yes, riba is haram from a Jew to another Jew, but we can sell it to the Gentiles. We can do it to the Gentiles. So Islam covers that. Islam says, no. What Allah prohibits something, he prohibits the price that you get from it, you know, the money that you receive from it is haram for you. 
That's why the language states the price paid for it. So whoever paid for it, that's also harm. That's whole prohibited. So if they take that, it's as if they've taken the prohibited thing. Does that make sense? Yes, Jay. To continue, also al-Bukhari and Muslim related or compiled, they compiled that the Prophet ﷺ was asked, O Allah's Messenger, what about the fat of dead animals? For it is used for greasing the boats and the hides, and people use it as oil for lamps. He ﷺ replied, no, it is prohibited. Okay, so in the, the thing about it is we have to remember the, the language. Okay? When he says prohibited, this means this thing is haram. And the asal, the foundation of everything that is haram is because it causes harm. Okay? These two words are not coincidentally the same. All things haram cause harm. So in this case, the fat of dead animals used for greasing boats and hides and people use it for oil maps, lamps. These things, if you use them, they're still going to cause harm. Their harm is not decreased. When you put it in your lamp and now you smell it or it gets on your clothes or in your skin. Or when you put it in the ocean because you put it on a boat. And now it's in the water. Now the animals eat that or get that into their system and you eat the animals. Or you put it on hides and then you wear those hides and it gets on you. So the harm of these things doesn't end because you flip it up a little bit. And there's another thing that we find nowadays. The ulama changing their rulings with regards to things that were otherwise haram. For example, when we say that Botox is haram. Why? Because it has pork in it. And then the ulama today say, oh, no, you know, well, because they, they burnt it. And so, no, the, 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 the ingredient, the active ingredient is how do you know what the active ingredient for it being haram is? You get my point? How do you know that? This use of when you picked it up to use it, it was haram. Okay? And then you burnt it, and now you say it's no longer active, you know, it's no longer poor. No. These are things that we're going through now. The changing of rulings. And the reason why people go for that is because they're not doing what we have doing now. Becoming competent adults in the study or the understanding of basic fiqh. Okay? Or you find the young people today being so superficial and thinking more about their external beauty than their internal beauty. They find this thing, this fingernail polish, they say is halal fingernail polish. You can make wudu over it. Really? Who gave you permission to make wudu over it? Oh, because it has a certain ingredient in it. No. The only thing that we're allowed to make wudu over and paint our hands with is henna or other type of, of, of uh, the type of dyes they used. But henna on the nails is the only one that's allowed in this regard. Something else has not been made halal. But again, 
we fall for these tricks because we don't know the rulings. Continue. Yes, Jay. The second condition related to the commodity. The price and the commodity must be available when the trade transaction is concluded. For any unavailable commodity is considered non-existent and is illegal to be sold. For example, it is illegal to sell a fugitive slave, a runaway camel, or a bird in the air. Likewise, it is illegal for a Muslim to sell something taken by force, except in the presence of the one who took it forcefully. For one who is able to, or one who is able to restore it, such as the poli police, or a judge, or the like, to guarantee delivering it to the buyer. Is there any question about this? I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm having trouble visualizing the last point. Do, do you know any examples for that? <clears throat> okay, likewise, it is illegal for a Muslim to sell something taken by force. Okay, so this thing is, we call it mansub. We'll cover this again when we get to the chapter of Ghasib. And Ghasib is to take by force. Take right? by force. So what happens is, a good example of this is the blood diamonds that the, they sell all over the world. Okay? They, I know they call one thing blood diamonds, but mostly all of the diamonds they sell are blood diamonds. Or the different things that they're doing by forcing people into labor and taking them. Right? And then selling it. Right? So this is an example of selling things that they've taken by force. Really, we, we talk like slavery has ended, but it hasn't, right? We talk like colonialism has ended, but it hasn't. And so things are being taken by force every day. Everybody's phone has uh, the, the rocks that they've taken by force in them that make them work, mostly from the Congo, okay? So it's illegal to sell those things, okay? But we do all the time. And no, we're not restoring it because we don't have the ability to store, restore it. That's why it says, who is able to restore it? We're not able to restore it and give it back to its owner. We don't even know. Such as the police or a judge or the like to guarantee delivering it to the buyer. Okay. We'll deal, some of this is, is, has exceptions. So we're going to see more about this, and we'll talk more about this as we go along. This is why I say you have to have the long run. You have to sit for the whole class, meaning the whole chapter, and some of this stuff will make more sense at the end. Continue. Now, the third condition related to the commodity. The price in the commodity must be known to the seller and buyer. For hiding any is regarded as fraud, which is prohibited in Islam. Thereupon, it is invalid for the buyer to buy something he does not see or recognize, and for the seller to sell an animal embryo in its mother's womb, or milk in the udders separately. Also, the selling systems called mulamasa and munabada are prohibited. Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, narrated what could, what could mean the messenger of Allah, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forbade selling by mulamasa and munabada. And this is compiled by al-Bukhari and Muslim. Okay, so both Bukhari and Muslim 
compile this in their sahihs. Okay, when the compilation is, they gather them together and they put them in the book. They didn't, they're not the ones that made these up. So, is to throw or to touch anything you touch, it's yours. You know, I'll give you an example. One time my wife was buying a ticket and she hit the button by accident. And the button that says you buy. They tried to say, oh, no, you purchased this ticket. No, it's because I touched it. But, you know, I didn't. That doesn't guarantee that I want this particular thing. So after discussion, of course, they had to give us our money back. Okay, you cannot demand that we buy it because she hit the button by accident and you didn't guarantee that that's what she wanted. You know, just a mujarrid touch. Does that make sense? And you don't know all the conditions that go along with that sale. So remember, we mentioned earlier that any hiding or hiding anything tied to the commodity is considered fraud and it is prohibited in Islam. We said from the fundamentals, right? The five of the five of maqasid, the sharia, objects of the sharia, um, with regards to business, my wealth, is that all fraud, no deception in business. So when you say the price is $12, and then I go to the counter to pay, and then you tell me that it's $12.99, that's a, 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 a little fraud. Because at least you're telling me at the time before I walk away with it, that I have to pay extra. But it was fraud because you told me the price was only $12. Okay? So even that is a type of fraud. It doesn't become haram because before you made and signaled out the deal, solidified the deal, you knew what the final price was. Okay? So that's something that has to be clear. Right? Or it has to be unearthed. Like when you get into a cab... You know, a taxi, you don't know what the price is, but you know what the earth is. You know what it's based on. You can figure it out to, to a large degree. Normally, it's $5 from, you know, 42nd Street to, let's say, the Brooklyn Bridge. Everybody knows that. That's earth. You get in the cab and the guy tells you $10, he's lying. So, you know, this is what we're referring to. As far as things that you cannot see. And this is why on the Internet they have pictures. And at the end of the picture, they always have dimensions. When you start, you press on the item to see what it is, it tells you what the dimensions are so that you can know exactly how and size and everything like that. But still, what happens when they send it to you, once you physically accept it, if you say, I don't, this is not what I expected, you can send it back for free. And that's part of the rules of the Internet still. Again, complying with this particular rule of not sending you something that you haven't seen or not demanding that you keep it once you have seen it and you don't. Dr. Maisha, I think you muted the Sheikh. It says that you muted. That you muted Sheikh Abu Tobi. I don't have Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's always muting me. This, 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 that's part of her job. You know, the, anyway, the, 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 um, the that's second because part. Brooklyn better than Brooklyn, that's all. Oh. That's what it was. Mashallah. Mashallah. Alhamdulillah. The, the thing I was saying here though is that when, they, when they're talking about now the embryo in the mother's womb 
or the milk in the udders and separate from the mother. And you don't know what quality you have. Again, you still have to you have to see what it is. Okay, you can't sell an animal that's not born. You can sell the cow that's pregnant, but you can't separate the price. Okay, you can't say, well, you know, I'm getting this and that. You know, you have to you don't know the child may die. Right. You don't know what type of animal animal it is. So you have to see the product. Okay, continue. Yes, sir. Selling by Hasa stone, likewise, is prohibited. It is another type of sale, which means that when the buyer throws a stone at a certain okay, time. Okay, I don't hear you. Hello? Can everyone hear me? No, Nahi, we hear you. I hear Sheikh, and I hear you as well. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Sheikh, can you hear me now? Sheikh is muted. Sheikh is muted. Okay, I can I can hear you now. I for some reason I wasn't able to hear you for a few moments. Okay. Selling by Hasa stone likewise is prohibited. It is another type of sale, which means that when the buyer throws a stone at a certain commodity displayed for sale, he has to buy it at the price decided by the seller. Okay, this is these are the different games. I know people sometimes see this and say, well, nobody's doing that anymore. Not yet. They're not doing it right now. You know, but these things may come back. You know, they, they may come back at, at, at a different time and then be, you know, a, a something again. So we don't want to forget them. Okay, just recently, they you wouldn't believe they started to go back to, you know, the different idols that they had at the Kaaba. And they one of the Kufar found one of the idols, I guess, in Iraq or something like that, that they used to have. And they started saying, oh, well, let's aggrandize this thing. And they, they, they shined it up and they're showing it, putting it in museums and stuff like that. And so now this, this begins the steps towards back to worship it. Okay? Once you put it in and aggrandize it in a museum and say this is what it was and this is how they used to, and then eventually it becomes the thing again. So we don't want to forget some of these things, even if some of it is not being done right now. And some people say this is similar to the games like the price is right. You know, well, I mean, guess the price and, you know, and things like that. These types of games are not really set for actually buying products. Okay. Are you saying this, this also, this also applies to games like that, like the price is right? Yes, yes. These 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 games are, are a type of uh, of a haram transaction, you know. So you're you're guessing. This is the same thing. Hey, well, I want this one over here. I'm, it's twelve dollars. You know. Oh yeah, you get. You know. No, this is not the way we go about buying and selling. Even though we know these are games, we don't play with the haram either, right? Russian roulette is considered murder now in in some places. It was just a game. The guy shot himself. No, you guys loaded a gun and turned around and started shooting each other. You know, we don't play games that are doing things that are haram. Okay, if we, you, know, you get my point, it's not funny. You know, so, so why would we play it as a game? But again, the Muslims have taken life not serious. And said it's not that serious, so we can do whatever we want. And this is a type of irjah. 
you know, where we don't take the, the laws of Allah as sacred. Because if it was sacred, would you play with it? I'm asking. No, say no. Okay, this this is why I, I you know when I was younger they had a game that some people would play, and I don't know why they played it because it always ended up in a fight. You know they called it the dozens, and Doctor Maisha she can remember these games. So people would talk about the other person's mother, right? Always. I would ended never up remember a, such a game. Excuse me, yeah. sir. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now, these games always ended up in a fight. Always. And if you didn't fight, you were considered a stinking, low-down, dirty son who wouldn't even fight when your mother was disrespected. But these guys would go and play. I never played the game. I can say, well, lie, I never played it. I watched Never played. I, I never, I never played it either. But you know, the only thing, Chef, the only good thing about the dozens is that people fought for their mother. They invented a reason to fight for their mother. Now people don't seem to care. Like people, they don't protect their mothers. Nah, that's that's a yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, you found a positive to it. You know, Alhamdulillah, that that was a positive. You know, and, and also the fights, they, they were not allowed to pull weapons when they did fight. That's another positive. And, uh, you know, but, you know, the, the point I'm making here with this, and you're right. You're 100 percent right. People do, are not respecting their mothers. In fact, we're seeing more and more cases of people killing their mothers or beating their mothers up than we've ever seen. You know, things you never heard of before. People are doing it. But the thing I want, the reason why I mentioned it was to show that we do not play with something that's sacred. I use that as an example because everyone could see this, the sacredness of mother. You know, Allah is greater than that, right? Allah is the only thing we can say has more sanctity and sacredness to us and right over our bodies and soul that, that as our mothers. Because this respect we give to our mothers and this honor that we give to our mother is because she bore us in her body and almost died giving birth to us. And that was just how it started. And then she fed us, clothed us, showed us type of tenderness that not even our fathers could show us most of the time. Not that our fathers didn't love us. Just that the mother's love has no equal in human, you know, the human interaction. Well, Allah's greater than that. He's shown millions upon millions of times more love and gentleness than even our mothers have. In fact, he created our mothers. Right? So why would we play games with the sacredness and the sanctity of Allah? And playing games with his sanctity is to play games with the things he told us not to do. Even if we don't understand it. And this is why you find ulama saying that Tawheed and the study of Tawheed is so important. I think they do a poor job with just mentioning it and not Showing it how it's to be played out. So it seems like it's just a, a mujarrid study of aqidah and, you know, the tawheed of Allah, which it is not. The objective is of studying tawheed is to fall into awe with Allah, to fall in love, to tremble and to be afraid of, be terrified of. 
and at the same time in love of and in awe of and in afraid to disappoint. Then everything else becomes easy. Then the rest of these laws make sense. Following the rest of these laws becomes easier. So we have to develop that love, that fear, okay, and that want to please and that fear of disappointment towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that can only be done by reading the Quran, in my opinion, and understanding Allah as he described himself, as he's the only one that can describe himself in such a way, and seeing the names of Allah. You know, and how he dealt with his creation in all the different times and his prophets and those people who disobeyed him. So then we can have a better understanding on how to apply this law, all these laws, these seemingly mundane laws. But these laws are more important than some of the other laws that you would find in the books of Ibadah. Why? Because this is what you do every day. This is what makes up the fabric of your life, how you make your living. And so if we don't understand these, then the whole way we're living is living wrong. Does that make sense, everybody? No, it makes sense, Jay. Okay, we're going to have to stop here uh, for, for today. I'm sorry to cut the class short. They just called me a dime. And we'll have to pick it up some other time. I really enjoy talking to you guys and dealing with these particular issues. And I'm glad that sometimes we have some technical issues because it makes it real. You know, this is what it was like in the desert as well. You know, you're having real conversations with real people. Even though some people like Dr. Maisha is deluded to think that the Bronx is better than Brooklyn. I don't know what she's thinking, you know, but, you know, people in the Bronx don't even come past 125th Street to even know what Brooklyn looks like. So, you know, that's Brooklyn what's Brooklyn is not even worth going to. That's why. I, it's that, that's the thing. I mean, I don't <laughs> know how to explain it to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually lived no. in Brooklyn for a year. I went to PS 107. MashaAllah. <laughs> alhamdulillah. Yeah. May Allah make it, make it easy. Yes, no, I, I mean, know. I'm just, alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. All right. Jazakallah khair, guys. Yeah. We're going to end the class with that. Mr. Talaboy, Jazakallah khair. Call me when the class is over. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Shadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu alayk. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Mr. Tyler Boyd, could you? Yes, sir.